Hi, this is Jim from Safety Wars. Before we start the program, I want to make sure everyone understands that we often talk about OSHA and EPA citations, along with some other regulatory actions from other agencies, legal cases, and criminal activity. Everyone is innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. Proposed fines are exactly that, and they are often litigated, reduced, or vacated. We use available public records, news accounts, and press releases. We cannot warranty or guarantee the details of any of the stories we share, since we are not directly involved with these stories, at least not most of the time. Enjoy the show. This, this, this show is brought to you by Safety FM. And from the border of liberty and prosperity and the highway to the north, this is Safety Wars for Tuesday, July 18th, 2023. We have some podcasts and everything else we're going to be dropping this week, uh, probably on Friday, and, and uh, some exciting things. One of our uh, interviews had to get delayed because of the writer's strike and the SAG strike over in Hollywood. We had some uh, people in that union that are not to discuss a lot of their stuff. Now, I don't know if you've seen the press releases. Anyway... What's going on out there? We uh, It's summertime. we got a lot of stuff going on. And there's a lot of... And, you know, we're not going to be able to make it here live every day. We're going to still try to do our three to five programs per week. And uh, I can't believe we're up to, like, 253 episodes on Safety Wars. Some of them live, some of them not. I appreciate all the support and all the feedback that we're getting here. Even the negative feedback, I've gotten some of that this week. So, uh, that's what's going on here. I'm trying to get all this stuff up here. I mean, no, we're. I tell you what, uh, so some of the news uh, sites I would go to. Uh, I mean, I'll be honest with you, they get, uh, they're, you know, they're, uh, they get taken down, they get blocked, they're under cyber attack. It's very disconcerting. So, uh, that's what's going on. Taking a lot of continuing education, a lot of jobs coming up, had to hire a, a couple of people. It's, you know, it's great. So, uh, yesterday we had a midday check-in with everybody. I ended up, uh, you know, uh, big news came out of OSHA. Uh, no, OSHA feels that it's not really going to impact business. And on paper, yeah, I guess it's not going to impact business. However, will it impact business? Yeah, well, because we're adding another step to this uh, here. So as everyone knows, you have to post and submit. OSHA 300 three data, right? Uh, once a year injury, right? 300, right? And it's called the 300 log of work-related injuries and illnesses. So establishments, uh, you know, it's a required. You got to have that. OSHA comes to your facility. You better have that on hand. If you meet the reporting requirements, you better make sure that it's reported and submitted to OSHA and the correct time and all that. You can go and look that all up. 
and everything we're probably going to go into a little bit tonight. Well, now, starting January 1st, 2024, if you are uh, have 100 employees, you, you, I'll just read the thing, uh, the press release here. Department of Labor announces rule expanding submission requirements for injury illness data provided by employers in the high hazard industries. By the way, uh, let me point this out. Uh, and I'll put this in uh, some of the uh, uh, on some of the social media and some of our other stuff. We tend because we go over these press releases first. We tend to be the only one we're we're like ahead of other people. And I've heard from some organizations that they're trying to beat us to the punch on this, which I guess is good. I guess that gives us some legitimacy here uh, with uh, uh, with things, which is good, right? So when there is a safety issue that comes out, because you read the press releases here on air, we're able to go and we're able to go and uh, uh, ahead of everybody by a day, uh, two days, maybe two weeks on a lot of this stuff. And most of this stuff doesn't even end up in the alphabet soup of networks out there. And as I point out, Majority of people in this country work. Major and the majority of those people are not in government, so they're covered by OSHA. They're regulated by OSHA. So if something is impacting the work area in your workspace where you make your moolah and everything else, why wouldn't that be one of the things that is being reported? I mean, uh, other than DMV, OSHA pretty much hits everybody up. And even if you are a uh, part of government, OSHA is a co consultation and things of that nature. They have programs for government employees uh, here. Uh, no, uh, all different types of stuff on all different levels. So why wouldn't you, why wouldn't you, uh, this be one of your things if this is what impacts your life? I don't know. It's one of those, just question out there. You don't have to send a million questions in on email. So uh, Department of Labor announces rule expanding submission requirements for injury illness data provided by employers in high hazard in industries. We announced this yesterday afternoon. The U.S. Department of Labor today announced a final rule that will require certain employers in designated high hazard in industries to electronically submit injury and illness information that they are already required to keep to the Department's Occupational Safety and Health Administration. The rule takes place takes effect on January 1st, 2024, now includes the following submission requirements. Establishments with 100 or more employees in certain high-hazard industries must electronically submit information from their Form 300 log of work-related injuries and illnesses and Form 301 Injury and Illnesses Incident Report to OSHA once per year. These submissions are in addition to the submission of Form 300A Summary uh, which is what we've always had to do. Form 300A, Summary of Work-Related Injuries and Illnesses. To improve data quality, establishments are required to include their legal company name when making electronic submissions to OSHA from their injury and illness records. Uh, OSHA will publish some of the data collected on its website to allow employers, employees, and potential, potential employees, employee representatives, current and potential customers, researchers, and the general public uh, to use information about a company's workplace safety and health record to make informed decisions. OSHA believes that providing public access to the data will ultimately reduce uh, occupational illnesses and injuries. Now, this has been part of a uh, long-term 
thing where OSHA knows that it takes up to 19 years to issue new regulations, and they're very slow at responding to things. All right, very, very exceedingly slow to bringing in all these new things. So what is what they're doing is the shame and blame game. During the Obama administration, we're not talking politics here. I'm just stating fact. This is just fact. They said this whole shame and blame thing where they re are releasing uh, OSHA citations for post citations and legal actions uh, again, uh, that they have with certain employers. Uh, Dollar General comes to mind. Uh, some of the other uh, large employers, large disasters, even some of the smaller ones uh, here, especially in the metro New York area. It seems they are very active in Texas and some of the other uh, states. When they're, uh, where they're releasing this data to shame, and, to shame the employer into doing things. So often when I do the OSHA outreach training, uh, I uh, we go into uh, now looking up establishments. And we have the class, we look up establishments where they work, where they have worked, uh, things in the you know in in the industry, wherever, whatever they're interested to show that these resources are available. I see this becoming part of the OSHA outreach uh, program for some trainers to go into this. Uh, last night, I did a training class for a client of mine. That's why I wasn't here. They prefer the nighttime training sessions. Uh, and I'm willing to, hey, I'm, I, one of the things that I do, I am willing to work around your schedule with this stuff. Uh, we have, I've given classes at 3 a.m. in the morning. Before the work crew goes out, we do a safety training class. I've done classes at, well, yesterday, three o'clock in the afternoon, they start the class and it doesn't end until six, nine o'clock at night, 10 o'clock at night. That happens. I'm there for you. But, Eight four five two six nine two five seven seven two or Jim at safetyworld.com. But uh, now this is another tool in with this where people are. Uh, hey, you want your interest in working for a large company? Hey, let's look up what some of the accents they have. Another way of shaming. Uh, there was another thing with the uh, Obama administration, which seems a lifetime away, where they tried to change uh, the salary requirements. Or if you're uh, making under a certain threshold, now you were able to. Uh, now you were able to. Uh, 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 no, you had to be paid by the hour. Salary was not allowed. Very controversial, but believe it or not, and I know some of my listeners will be shocked. I happen to agree with Obama. If you're dealing with the safety industry, that you know, but that got shot down uh, in the courts uh, on that, right? Uh, the other uh, thing is uh, that they tried to do was, uh, 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 I don't know if it was on the federal level or a lot of the states, they made it legal. It used to be legal or for a company to say we're not going to share the salary and uh, salary requirements and made it confidential whatever you got paid well that's gotten uh, we've been away from that legally where a company can't necessarily do that anymore and in new york city if you're advertising posting a job opening you have to disclose under certain circumstances what the job actually pays uh the range that what it pays because what happens you you're 
looking for a job. And again, safety industry is famous for this. You're looking for a job. You go try to get the job and you go there and guess what? Now the job is uh, scoped out. You're thinking uh, one amount, you go in there and it's about two thirds of what they're, what the job should pay. And that wasted everyone's time and everything. Um, and this has had some issues where things have gone up. So let's talk about this. We're going to go to commercial break. And we're going to talk about this new rule, and we're going to break out the uh, on the OSHA website the instructions for work-related injuries and illnesses. So uh, uh, we're going to break out the instruction manual. I'm going to do a share screen on here. Uh, it did not work out so good last time, so we ended up having to uh, – do some stuff we didn't necessarily want to do, uh, like delay release of an ep uh, of a uh, episode. So uh, let's go to commercial break, and we'll be right back. You are listening to Safety Wars. Turn safety today. In the professional safety community, communication and planning are just a few keys to your program's success. The question many practitioners have is, where do I start? Dr. Jay Allen, the creator of the Safety FM platform and host of the Rated R Safety Show, has built a global foundation to help you along the way. Go to safetyfm.com and listen to some of the industry's best and most involved professionals, including Blaine Hoffman with The Safety Pro, Sam Goodman with The Hop Nerd, Sheldon Primus with The Safety Consultant, Jim Pozell with Safety Wars, Emily Elrod with Unapologetically Bold, and many others. As individuals, we can do great things, but as a team, we become amazing. Dial into safetyfm.com today and surround yourself with a powerful force of knowledge and support. OSHA Recordables, catastrophic losses, environmental disasters. You want answers? So do I. This is Jim Pozel with Safety Wars. That's my daddy. That is right. I am your father. Okay. Uh, oh, by the way, we have to send out our uh, message here. It's Tuesday. This is Safety Wars, broadcasting to our brothers and sisters in the occupied territory of behavior-based safety. Get out your secret decoder ring. Here is your nightly message. Blame fixes nothing. Blame fixes nothing. Okay, I have to give a little uh, uh, ribbing to the behavior-based safety people out there. Yes, uh, we understand that nobody has evil intentions, but what ends up happening is people take a little bit of information uh, in the behavior-based safety world, and they end up going and making people's life hell with everything. It's just, uh, no, I shared on Facebook today what uh, a guy having a meltdown about a safety shutdown, for example. So we're going to go over OSHA forms for record keeping, work-related injuries and illnesses. This is from uh, So you go over to OSHA.gov and uh, Google, and you put on their search engine, uh, 
Exactly that. Forms for recording work-related injuries and illnesses. And it's going to be uh, give you uh, the OSHA 300 forms, uh, the 301, uh, summaries, and everything else. So I have it up here on the screen. I'm sorry if you are listening to this on the on the uh, podcast or on safetyfm.com right now. You can't see this uh, unless you Google it right now. Uh, so I'll do my best for describing it. The log of work-related injuries and illnesses, 300, Form 300, is used to classify work-related injuries and illnesses and to note the extent and severity of each case. When an incident occurs, use the log to record specific details about what happened and how it happened. The summary, a separate form, Form 300A, shows the totals for the year in each category. At the end of the year, post the summary in a visible location so that your employees are aware. So that's February 1st to April 1st every year. Employees must keep, employers must keep a log for each establishment or site. If you have more than one establishment, you must keep a separate log and summary for each physical location that is expected to be in operation for one year or longer. Note that your employees have a right to review your injury and illness records. So what OSHA is doing is, rather than ex post facto, meaning after the fact, they're going to start with the large employees, and I'm uh, employers, and I imagine it's going to eventually move to the smaller ones. Uh, what uh, uh, you know, what everything is before you get the job, and uh, with that, now you're going to say, "Well, Jimmy, some of the stuff on here seems like it's uh, HIPAA violation." Well, guess what? According to uh, and uh, again, you go and you check with your local state and your attorney and everything, HR people and everything else, a lot of HIPAA uh, stuff does not apply to this kind of stuff. A lot of HIPAA, right? The privacy does not apply to this. Because I tell you what, uh, as you'll see with this, you cannot fill out this stuff without that, without that, right? Without saying who, who what happened and who it happened to. When an injury and illness is, when is, so, uh, cases listed on the log of work-related injuries and illnesses are not necessarily eligible for workers' compensation or other insurance benefits. Remember, workers' comp is a local state issue. Listing a case on the log does not mean that an that the employer or worker was at fault or that an OSHA standard was violated. So remember that when you're managing people. What is an injury and illness considered work-related? This is where I'm, now this is uh, along the lines of is it a recordable? This is so when you have an injury, is it recordable? This is laid out by statute. An injury or il illness is considered work-related if an event, and I'm gonna highlight this here. What is here? An injury and illness is considered work-related if an event or an exposure in the work environment caused or contributed to the condition or significantly aggravated a pre-existing condition. Work-relatedness is presumed for injuries and illnesses resulting from events or exposures occurring in the workplace unless an exception specifically applies. And there's a list of exceptions. The work environment includes the establishment and other work locations where one or more employees are working or are present as a condition of their employment. So, uh, again, uh, I've heard of cases where the IRS has gotten involved because people get hurt and then all of a sudden, uh, well, they're not a real employee. 
Uh, there, we covered a couple of those cases with over the past couple of months with OSHA press releases. Which work-related injuries and illnesses should you record? Record those work-related injuries and illnesses that result in death, loss of consciousness, days away from work, restricted work activity or job transfer, or medical treatment beyond first aid. You must also record work-related injuries and illnesses that aren't significant or meet any of the additional criteria listed below. You must record any significant related injury or illness that is diagnosed by a physician or other licensed healthcare professional. So this is uh, basically you. This is where a lot of people screw up on here, is specifically in this one. You're going to say, well, how, how can you screw that one up, Jim? Well, a lot of doctors go out there and state that they are occupational physicians. And they put they do things that may not that could bump you up into a medical treatment beyond first aid. What are some of the ways that they could do that? Number one is they give you prescription strength things that are actually over the counter and that they could get away with with giving you the over the counter strengths. I've had some uh, company do that already where someone had a not minor knee injury that, uh, no, it was like a boo-boo. It was like, you know, Dr. McStuff into the big book of boo-boos there. No, just, uh, it was uh, just really minor. And he went out and gave the person prescription painkillers and prescription strength ibuprofen. Uh, I believe it was ibuprofen. It might have been another one. But anyway, gave him prescription strength. Autumn, and I called up. I said, what, what the hell is this? And the guy says, well, you're not the doctor. I am. Now well, we had to get another doctor to say, look, this was a superficial injury here. Why are, why are we doing this? And now you have people fighting against each other, and doctors don't like to do that, and, and things of that nature. And it still ended up being an OSHA recordable. But we had to an explanation in there on that. And he also gave him three days off for a superficial injury. That's why you go to medical professionals that are qualified in occupational safety and health that have actually done this. So what I ended up doing was I put together a whole training program for my clients on this, uh, on specifically that I sent him a copy. Right. Word on the street is he didn't like me. <laughs> you know, oh, what are you going to do? He call, you know, uh, you must record any significant work-related, right? We mentioned that. You must record any work-related case in cancer, chronic irreversible disease, a fractured or cracked bone, or a punctured eardrum. You must report the follow, record the following conditions when they are work-related. Needle stick injuries. Medically removed under the requirements of an OSHA standard. So if you have a medical removal for under 1926 or 1910.1025, you have to have uh, that. Tuberculosis infection as evidenced by a positive skin test or diagnosis by a physician or other uh, licensed healthcare professional after exposure to known case of active tuberculosis. An employee's hearing test. 
uh, reveals that the employee has experienced a standard threshold shift in hearing in one or both ears, and the employee's total hearing level is 25 decibels or more above the automatic zero. Again, I, I'm not gonna. I'm not a hearing guy, uh, right? So uh, I'm not a noise guy. So uh, do I do it? Yeah, but gets a little bit in there. You need to get uh, for a really qualified person with um, noise surveys with that one. What uh, What is a medical treatment? Medical in treatment includes managing and caring for a patient for the purpose of combating disease or disorder. The following are not right. Not considered medical treatments and are not recordable. Visits to a doctor or a healthcare professional solely for observation and counseling. All right. Using finger guards, using massages. All right, well, hold on. Using finger, using finger guards, using massages, drink fluids to relieve heat stress. That's important now, especially in the summer. If you, I went into this yesterday at another safety training session for heat stress. You drinking fluids and going out and 